Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 28. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kylie and my amigo Mars. We're joined this week by our very special amigo Ryan, who all of our listeners know as Fantasy Yerma, of course, on uh, on Twitter. Welcome to the Three Amigos, Ryan. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be back. Great to have you. Um, so uh, first of all, actually, I want to cover off um, our standings update for our listeners league, and then um, then we might talk about the game week that was, of course, that just finished up, wrapped up yesterday. Um, still top of the pile is Sky Player in FBL, Paul Jones' team. Um, on 1,771 points. Um, of course, the game week itself last week wasn't anything spectacular for anyone, but um, but yeah, a healthy 46 points there for Paul. Um, Peter Blake, of course, who was on last week's podcast, is there in third position with uh, 1,730. Um, I've just actually looked at the February league, and of course, we're um, we're talking about um, Marzi having done so well so far, but um, he had a bit of a red arrow in a in game week 27, so we'll be talking to him about that shortly. But still top of the pile, or, t- or newly top of the pile, is Grifters United, John Griffiths' team. So um, well done on that one, John. Um, let's move on, folks, and let's talk about uh, game week 27, of course, for our potters. And Ryan, as our guest, um, t- how about you lead us off and tell us how your boys got on in game week 27? Well, I would like to say that Delafeu did me a massive favour um, with his massive haul um but i haven't owned him since game week 17 i think so he didn't do much for me based on the fact that he wasn't in my team um slim slim pickings i mean it really was it was a terrible week and to be honest i sort of felt i sort of felt okay coming out of it with a 10k drop um because that could have been that could have been a lot worse so finished the week on 40 points nothing nothing spectacular in the slightest um Kolasnic was actually the the highest performer on my team um second highest performer was was um was Barnes at uh, Leicester and then everything else was basically you know shambles um Aubameyang was brought in uh, and put as captain, and then subsequently uh, Emery decided that he was going to be a prick and not play him from the start. <laughs> um, so the the Aubameyang captaincy really sort of played havoc. And I think you know at, at this stage of the season when you've got you know somewhat of a, a template team in terms of you know the United players, everybody seems to have the Pogba's, the Rashfords, um, and then obviously Salah playing against United, um, they sort of cancelled each other out. Again, you know, the only other sort of performer to speak of in my team was actually the United defender, Lindelof. Um, so he's sort of been in and out of the team there since uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in as a bit of a differential. Um, and again, he, he got some dividends off that. But no, I think for me, take the 10k drop, that's me back down to about 47k overall. Um, and yeah, just try to forget about game week 27 as much as possible. It's nice having Lindelof though because he has been a nice pick since um, since uh, Ole took over. But um, you know, the I think this game week was pretty much if you didn't have the Jimenez Doherty double up and Robertson defence, 
you were um you you probably didn't have a great game week. Um but um I know that's what saved me basically. I captained Jimenez as a little bit of a kind of a punt rather than going for a Vomiang because when he was I had, you know, there was suspicions that Lacazette because he was benched uh, midweek that he was going to be the uh he was gonna start at the weekend. So I kind of veered away from him there, so that worked out well. But um, it was there was very slim pickings elsewhere. Um, Kylie, how about yourself? Um, tell us how you got on in Game Week 27. Yeah, so I had uh, 50 points minus a hit this week. I brought in Lacazette and Captain Tim in replacement of Firmino, who ended up getting injured. So really happy with that move in the end. Um, and then it was the Wolves boys for me, Jimenez and Doherty, as well as Robertson who largely gave me the points this week. Otherwise, it was pretty underwhelming. But I I think overall, given that I've had a relatively sticky time of it of late, it has helped to sort of solidify where I'm going. So I'll take it. And so, Marzi, um, you're dropping like a stone in our February standings. So um, tell all our lovely listeners all about your, your woe. It's a light stone. It's a light stone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think my um, my game week can be some by the fact that I couldn't choose a captain. At one stage, I decided to go with my boy Jamal, and then with the last minute change, went with Felipe, and I knew it was the wrong choice. But I just I could I not. I was the one who advised you to do that. In all fairness, Mars. Uh, I don't, to be I honest, I don't. I, I don't like one. Yeah, to be honest, I don't listen to you, Don. I was having a conversation with you guys at the same time, saying, hmm. I heard your feedback. And I was like, Kylie, there's two sec- two minutes left. What do you think? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I just, I no, don't know. I, um, I was worried about, I guess normally I say with the defender, one silly mistake from anybody, the keeper, anyone, you, you lose that clean sheet that they could have beaten Huddersfield 4-1 for, you know, whatever. But no, I should have stuck with it. But I mean, overall, it made no difference. To be, it was four point difference. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got 38 points, but mm, yeah. I wasn't expecting much from that uh, game week, to be honest. So uh, my performance was was pretty much uh, reflected and summed up by Liverpool's performance against United. Oh, don't, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, but the uh, no, it was actually kind of aided, I guess. It was a it was a bad week for everyone, even people who had decent weeks. It is only a matter of a few points to, that they basically moved ahead of the people who had poor weeks. So um, it really was a kind of a week to forget, I guess. Now, of course, every pod we turn the mic over to you to get rid of any of that build-up of excess fantasy angst. And so, Marzi, take it away. And if this is not... I don't want to do it. I think we should do Carly first, and then I might think about doing it later. So your what rant you is a rant about not having a rant? Yeah, yeah. What, he, thinks he's the, he thinks he's the boss. He can tell me what to do. And what are you like? Are you like... Are you Asby, are you Asby trying to talk to me through it? Like... Seriously, what happened? Listen, my rant has actually nothing to do with fantasy. What happened in that game, Chelsea versus City, is absolutely disgraceful. And I, there's two things that really bug me. First is the guy not listening to his manager. But then that absolute white, wet wipe of a captain that did not go up to his player. You know, if I was on that pitch, captain or not, I would have dragged that bitch off the pitch screaming. That was absolutely disgraceful for a professional footballer not to listen to his manager. And they... they making it up and saying, oh, it was misunderstanding. No, it was not. You could see the guy really angry. You could see the guy swearing at Italian, uh, in Italian at Zola, walking off the pitch, and I don't blame him. And to be honest, Chelsea just showed 
let's see what they do. But if they say there's nothing that's going to happen, it just shows me what kind of club they are because they're not backing the manager. The players, apart from Louise, nobody went up to the guy and said, just walk off, man. Like, this is embarrassing. So, yeah, I was just trying to do a kepa there. You know, don't, I respect you. Don't, don't, please don't ban me. Please don't ban me. <laughs> yeah, but, but now it sounds like that apology to Don has as much sincerity as kepa's to sorry. Well done, Ryan. It clicked. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to piece this together. I tell you, the person who I feel sorry for is Willie Caballero, yeah. you know, millionaire, millionaire yeah. footballer who probably missed out on a twenty grand appearance fee. Uh, uh, you, probably, you know what? The thing is, actually, if you think tactically about it, I, I don't know if Sarri even thought that much detail. Caballero, uh, Willie, let's call him Willie. It's easier. He knows City players inside out. He actually won them the cup. He yeah. won them the cup last time by by actually saving pens. So they should have brought him on anyway if that kid didn't have a tantrum. I just find I found well, the Well, I think, I mean, bear in mind that Sari left that sub until the end. So I, I debate how much truth there is in him saying he wanted to take um, Kepa off because he was he thought he was injured. I think it probably was tactical and he wanted to have um, Caballero come on to – to take the pens uh, to, you know, try and save the pens, I should say, because tactically it seemed like it might be a good move. And indeed, you know, they lost the game. So now you don't know whether that would have actually been successful. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if, Sarri was bringing, if Sarri was bringing him on to take the pens, then that would be a really <laughs> That would be very... <laughs> I fully understand his decision not to come off for that one. But, um, but yeah... <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, good, good so, on so what happens for game week 28 then I mean does, does Kepa start for game week 28 or does he need to make a statement I think he should make a statement I think he should no, be fine and dropped. after the PR I don't thing. think they will but he's done but I think, the PR I don't think crap already decision. he's not going to do that I don't think it's Sarri's decision I genuinely don't think so and then he's a dead man walking right T- uh, tomorrow he want, uh, on Wednesday he wants to sub a player off he just goes no I'm not coming off what are they going to do yeah, I just it's 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 just ridiculous. I, I I don't think it will happen, but it's just ridiculous. And it, to be honest, if he was in my club, the guy would be fined and dropped for at least two three games to show him that who who the boss is, until I get sacked. Yeah, but I don't think he has. Um, Sarri doesn't have that kind of time with. Uh, he doesn't have that kind of sway. They're not going to give that. He if he did that, then he'd just lose. He'd be out the door. I'd say if he actually went for one of these long. Yeah, but it's not like Kepa's been amazing. Let's be honest, he's been letting in goals right, left, and centre as well. So, I don't know, but the amount of money they paid for him, there's no way in the world they're gonna, they're gonna, he's there for the long haul, and that's why he knows he is. Even though he's only a kid, he knows that he's, he's not going to be out the door. Um, Sarri will be gone long before him. But uh, Mars, it's an interesting rant because I'm my, my part, all I was thinking of while you started off, I was going, that's great, Mars. Thanks, Mel. Now I'm just wondering how the hell I'm supposed to edit this into a meaningful podcast. But um, but it was a good one. Um, folks, let's move on to the big topic of the week, and that is, of course, injuries. Um, a lot of niggles were picked up this past weekend, so there may have been some finely tuned plans for future game weeks uh, ripped up and thrown down the toilet. In a moment, we'll look at the fantasy-relevant players who are in the physio room. However, let's first have our Kylie give us the rundown on any uh, more confirmed fixtures, changes since we spoke last week. Uh, Kylie? Okay, so, yeah, we did have a couple of announcements earlier in the week or a few days ago anyway, which after 
plenty of us had carefully made plans. This sort of threw a spanner in the works because essentially both of United's replacement fixtures were announced and they were the opposite way around to what we expected. So obviously there's no changes to the blank fixtures as yet. Um, the 31 fixtures are running as as we know they are and then we won't know more about who is and who isn't playing in 33 until the next round of the FA Cup. What has been announced is that United versus uh, Wolves, which is – so they've got a double game week announced now. This is the fixture that's replacing game week 33, and that has been moved forward to game week 32. So that's going to give United a double of Watford and Wolves, which does look quite attractive. And then their other fixture, the one which would replace game week 31 – which is United and City, is being moved to game week 35, meaning that United will have a double of Everton and Man City. So as a result of that, I guess, uh, we know that Wolves now have their double game week in, in 32 and City have a double game week in 35 as well. We haven't got their other fixtures confirmed. Wolves definitely have a second double game week. And it looks like it has to be scheduled in game week 35, and that would be with Arsenal. Um, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. What that does mean is that a lot of our assumptions about Arsenal looking attractive because they might double in 32 and then have a fixture in 33, um, that looks a no-go now. The other key thing that was announced was that the remainder of the replacement fixtures will not be confirmed until after the next round of the FA Cup. So that's game week 31. So anyone who was planning on wildcarding before 31, free hitting in 31, and then bench boosting or triple captaining in 32, that plan is now looking to be uh, not a good one. Let's just say that. So it makes it a lot trickier for people who are planning um, to use their chips and it makes it challenging, particularly with respect to a double game week in 32 when there are plenty more teams that will have a double, but we've no way of being absolutely certain that that will fall in 32 or in 35. They're shaking it up annoyingly. Yeah, I know. It's uh, just when we thought we'd... we'd, uh, we'd got a bit of a strategy going on they um they move things around a little bit on us no i love uh, it the more mayhem <laughs> it's it's so much better like that yeah i know it's uh it, it is it is sure that's what but that's what makes it interesting and that's what gives us something to talk about each week um ryan i of course i gave you um one job to do one job on the podcast <laughs> this week okay um i want I, wa- I wanted basically for you to give us the rundown on the fantasy relevant players that have um, that picked up niggles at the weekend, and maybe give us your take on um, your give us your best Ben Dinnery impression. Of course, we wanted Ben on the podcast this week, but all we could get was you. So, so um, so let's see what you got. Right. Well, I'm a giver. <laughs> I am a giver, and I understood that. You know, coming on this show, I thought, you know. Have a bit of a laugh, chat a bit about my team, you know, basically berate Marzipan a wee bit and then talk a bit of shit. But I went one better than that. <laughs> I went one better than that. And uh, I'll let you hear exactly 
exactly what I did. Danny boy, well, it's uh, Ryan here. Hot fantasy, your man. Right. Here is the deal. So, I'm supposed to guest tonight on Three Amigos. You know that one with uh, Nice Guy Don, Nice Gal, Caddy, and that half-wit Mars, he likes to think he's a singer, and a better singer than me, no doubt, is he, Jack? <laughs> anyway, I digress. I'm supposed to be on there tonight, and as part of my research for the show, they were like, yeah, Ryan, why don't you look into the injuries and give us an update on, you know, who's injured at the minute? And by updated players, we're probably looking at people like Jesus, we're looking at Wambasaka, thinking probably Rashford and Firmino at the minute. Um, but... See, to be honest, that seems like a wild lot of work. So I figured, why don't I just contact you, who knows what you're talking about, Ben Denry at Premier Injuries, Ben Denry at Ben Denry, and uh, yeah, just get you to do it basically for me. So the plan then would be, I'll play this on Three Amigos, <laughs> and then, and don't tell John and Mike, I'll play it also on the Bang Average podcast, and I'll still pay you the same. Fuck all. Oh, genius. So, yeah, yeah. Two-minute summary of the key injuries ahead of Game Week 28, which starts Tuesday, the 26th of Feb. That would be swell. Cheers, buddy. Ryan, Bang Average Boys, how's it going? Yeah, so Game Week 27 was extremely busy, in particular Sunday, which saw a number of injuries. Um, you know, the well-documented four enforced withdrawals at Old Trafford between United and Liverpool um, and you know not to be outdone uh, the Emirates, Arsenal and, and, and Southampton also had a, had their fair share of injuries. If we look to United first, um, Lingard, Mata and Herrera all picked up um, hamstring related problems and I would suggest at this point you know that there's no chance that any of those will be returning on Wednesday. Um, Marcus Rashford may have an outside chance uh, fortunately his uh, problem was impact uh, it was an ankle injury that was picked up in a challenge with Jordan Henderson um, you know ordinarily uh, Ole Gunnar Sunshire said that you know if they had had the substitutes then he would have been withdrawn uh, he was assessed at half time and he, he, you know his ankle was up like a balloon now it's one thing getting through the game on a, on a Sunday afternoon in a, a, in a derby uh, when you're adrenaline fueled, but in the cold light of the day, preparing for a midweek match is a, it's another kettle of fish. So he's one, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Rashford miss out as well. And for Liverpool, mixed updates there. Roberto Firmino left Old Trafford on crutches, so he's another one that's flagged as a major doubt. And even if that was more of a precautionary measure, you know, 72 hours doesn't give you much time to, to recover and get that swelling down and, and prepare for the game. Um, Andrew Robinson, who does stand a, a better chance, he injured his arm in a heavy collision with Romelu Lukaku. Um, although it's very painful, there doesn't look to be any sort of serious or lasting damage there, so he should be okay. Um, for Arsenal, again, the news was quite good. Um, Licksteiner, he struggled at the beginning of the second half with a, with a lower back problem, uh, but Unai Emery doesn't think that's too serious. And again, he could be involved. Would I suggest that's probably more as part of the match day squad. And Alex Awobi, now he also picked up a knock, and, and Unai Emery said that was you know probably just impact. 
Um, it didn't look to be too serious. But again, you know, the the Arsenal treatment room, it's looking fairly healthy at the moment. So they do have other options. Um, and Emery could bring other players into play. And there's no need to maybe risk those. Um, if we look to Cardiff City, you know, on the back of their, they'll be looking to bounce back after a, a big defeat at home to Watford. There's been a bit of a sickness bug going through that camp, um, so much so that it, it forced uh, Sean Morrison to return after his appendectomy, um, you know, slightly ahead of schedule. Um, he was asked to play 60 minutes, but you know went out there and he'd done the full 90 after Lee Peltier was was pulled out at the last minute, and also Bobby Reed he was restricted to you know an unused substitute on the bench. Now both of those players could be um, you know in line for for major contributions on Tuesday night. As <coughs> while well, legs of Victor Camarasa uh, is hoping to shake off a, a calf injury. Now, there's been ongoing problems there with um, his pairing club at Real Batis and advice from their medical team. Now, they're very keen to sort of protect um, Camarasa because potentially he's, he's somebody that can be sold and they can make some money from in the summer. You know, Cardiff have got a different standpoint as far as they're concerned. He's, you know, they're prepared to take the risk. He's somebody that they say is being, you know, pivotal and helping them maybe stay up. Um, so... He, you know, it's been sort of five or six weeks where he's done very little for the club, but hopefully, you know, from tomorrow night, um, he can start having a bit of an influence on the on the pitch again, um, and see what he can do for Cardiff. Several of those players, of course, are people we would have expected to rely on in the coming game weeks, um, and I know you'll have done some research this week. So, um, so bow our, so wow our listeners with some alternatives to look at based on value fixtures and perhaps even chip strategies, dare I say. So I looked at the list of players that are injured and I thought what an easier way of doing it is to go through uh, teams of um, looking at chip strategies on my own where I'm trying to then to for game week 31. Look, at, look for those who are maybe going to go even further or maybe... Um, Built for game week 32. Uh, I've looked up to about game week 33, looking at different value, different fixtures, and even those who um, might not not necessarily play on. Um, so the the ones that black on game week 31. So so we can be a bit all inclusive. So um, if we start, for example, like if you look at the defence, so Laporte, we we hear he's injured. So you could do uh, a like for like and go with City players. They've got West Ham at home, Bournemouth away, Watford at home. They blank. Then an, a, a good-looking double game week, and then a blank. Now the issue here I have with City personally is I think their defence without Laporte is even weaker. Uh, and yes, they have some. The next three fixtures look really good, plus a double game week. So if you don't have chips, absolutely, you could look at. Um, not on, you, you could look at City players, but the other problem is apart from the fact that they are weaker, is who do you really go for? Because Maybe Walker, he's a bit more expensive. Um, you don't know which of his stones back. Otomendi's going to play. His company now going to play because Laporte is injured. That's the problem for me with the centre-backs. I just, I, I, Pep will rotate, especially that they played 120 minutes, and we already know that. So to avoid you the heartache, you might want to look at somewhere else. Like, for example, you look at Liverpool. A little bit more expensive than Laporte, but they've got Watford at home, Everton away, Burnley at home, Fulham away. Um, a single game in the um, 
so, so they're not blank so in in game week 31 uh, then they've got a single um in the, in the double game week which is Spurs at home could mm. be an attacking game and then they play Saints away you could also look at Chelsea now Chelsea don't blank in 31 or 33 again similar prices so if you look for example at people like Louise or Rudiger they've got uh, Spurs at home Fulham away Wolves at home Everton away um and then a, a double or a single, depending on what's happening. Carly might correct me here. And then West Ham in 33. So if you were planning a free hit uh, and building 31 to 33, you can have Chelsea players. Um, and yeah. Sorry, just to jump in there. Yeah. Um, what it looks like at the moment, nothing is confirmed. But it does seem very likely that Chelsea would have a double with Brighton scheduled in 32 and anything could happen, um, but I mean, if if Brighton do proceed in the FA Cup, that would effectively mean that they have three fixtures that need to be replaced. So it makes more sense, given all of the different, you know, TV schedulings and all of this sort of stuff. Other smarter people have done the work there. I'm just reiterating what they read. Ben Crellin is saying, um, and so it seems very likely that we could end up getting a. Chelsea double in 32, which is interesting given that they do not blank in 31 and 33. Exactly. So for people, again, without chips or people that are building for 32, uh, Chelsea can be a very good team to to go on. And it's not just Louise. You look at people like, I thought Hazard looked really good yesterday, personally, in the cup. Um, Higuain could be an option if if you want to go somewhere differential. Um, Looking at cheaper defenders, you can look at people like Newcastle. For example, so I went down the Jamal Jamal route. So they've got uh, Burnley at home, West Ham away, Everton at home. Uh, they don't blank, so they've got Bournemouth away. Uh, and then uh, then you've got the double game week and then Crystal Palace potentially if Palace don't proceed in the cup. Um, Wolves is... So Wolves are a team that doesn't actually... They blank in 31, but they do have a double in 32. And they've got cheap defenders. So for these are for the people who... Um, so we know Biscuit is also injured, for example, right? So Newcastle and, and Wolves are more... Uh, if you don't have that much money, uh, Biscuit is around 4.3 now, maybe 4.6. But if you've had him for a while, you should have built some value up. So actually, Wolves and West Ham have got some good features. So for example, somebody like Johnny, if you can't afford, if you can't afford Doherty or don't have him and you don't want Bennett, Johnny's a bit more attacking. Uh, they've got uh, Huddersfield away, Cardiff at home. Chelsea, then they blank. Chelsea away, then they blank. Then a double game week and then a blank. Not ideal, but if you're building for the double game weeks, then uh, it, it's an option. And they've got good fixtures, you know, Huddersfield and Cardiff. West Ham, for example, some like Diop, who just scored this weekend. They've got a tough game next City, but then they've got Newcastle at home, Cardiff away, Huddersfield at home, uh, a single, then Chelsea. I mean, Newcastle, Cardiff, Huddersfield, good fixtures. Um, you can look at, uh, for example, you look at Leicester. They've got Brighton at home, Watford away, Fulham at home, Burnley away, a single, uh, which is Bournemouth, then Huddersfield away. Um, Leicester don't blank at all. So from you can build, you know, for 31, free hit, wild card, uh, free hit 32 and have their players for 33. Um, Everton, if, you know, if again, looking at the... Um, somebody like Dinia, for example. I mean, they do have some tough fixtures, but if you've got them, or you're looking somewhere somewhere different and players that play in 31 and 33, they've got um, Cardiff away, then Liverpool, Newcastle, Chelsea, a single, then Arsenal. It's quite tough. I wouldn't go anywhere 
so Everton, for example, maybe somebody like Richardson or Sigurdsson, potentially, their defence I'm not too keen. Bournemouth, two tough games next. They've got Arsenal and City uh, away and then home. But then after that, they've got Huddersfield away, Newcastle at home, Leicester away and then Burnley at home. I wouldn't go anywhere near Bournemouth defence, but somebody like King, Fraser, these guys are options for your Rashford. Fraser could be if you have a Lingard or you want to downgrade from Martial. Um, those guys are definitely worth um, looking at. Um, they've, they've been delivered consistently and they've got some really good fixtures. And we know that Bournemouth love to attack. Um, if, you, if you're looking for... So we know, for example, like let, let's look now at people like, that are injured like Rashford. Um, Sorry, can I jump in? I have, I have yeah. one more name, one more budget defender name to add. Uh, Bardsley from Burnley is 4.2. And so... He has been playing, you know, nine, I mean, he hasn't played the whole season, but for the last, I don't know, 10 or more, um, and he plays 90 minutes. Burnley are looking really organised now. Having Heaton back has made a, a huge difference to them. And they've got a really nice run of fixtures other than uh, one match against Liverpool. So, you know, if you're on the budget end, again, for people who are needing to replace Wan-Bissaka and don't have any money and they don't want to look at teams that are going to be missing fixtures on 31 or 33, he's an option as he will yeah, play. Yeah, they've got... They've got Newcastle, then Palace at home, then Liverpool, then Leicester. Wolves in a single game week, then Bournemouth. They're quite good fixtures. And like you said, uh, I was looking at Barnley more towards the attacking. So Barnes, really cheap um, budget forward that is actually doing really well. Uh, the Austrian, he's flying at the moment um, since he's changed nationalities. And um, yeah, so again, if you want to downgrade, downgrade from Rashford... <laughs> um, he's the one that I got rid of unfortunately yeah, two I mean, weeks ago look there, there is so there is a lot I, I went through something I mean if you again if, for example Lingard or, or, or any midfielder that you have Martial that is injured uh, you could go if you want to go differential you can go for example for somebody like Shakiri from Liverpool because I think that we'll see him playing a bit more right now um, let me just get the Liverpool list where are we Liverpool uh, yeah, what for the home? As if you don't know, the, as if you don't know the Liverpool fixtures off by heart. I don't. Know, I'm upset right now. Um, so what for that home? Everton away, Burnley at home, Fulham away, single against Spurs, uh, and then Southampton. Uh, another one is uh, Almiron from Newcastle. I've already said the fixtures. They've got some really good fixtures. Um, some people have already jumped on Felipe. Look, just because he did deliver in one game, uh, is he the pick of the bunch? No, but. He's a good player, and I think they do have some good fixtures. So if you have jumped on him, I wouldn't potentially ship. I, personally, I wouldn't ship him out. I'm going to keep him. Um, and you can't look. Not every player you brought is going to score points from now until 33. It's not going to happen. And some sometimes they're going to they're going to flop. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Felipe tomorrow uh, on Wednesday goes and scores against City. W what I wanted to say at the beginning before was there are so many injuries right now. And this is the time, like I said on, on the Twitter feed, circle your hype when it comes to transfers and just wait until late on Tuesday. We haven't heard from the main... I mean, the, the, the press conferences today with my favourite sentence that Kylie likes is, with no disrespect to all of them, not the ones that we're interested in. We really want to hear what Klopp has to say, what Pep has to say, and what Ole has to say. And we haven't really heard properly yet. We've heard from Mata about himself. 
We've heard Rashford people say maybe yes, no. We'll hear, we'll see what you, we heard what Ben had to say. That's his opinion as well. Obviously, you have to respect what Ben knows what he's talking about. But potentially, if those guys are out for not too long, a week or two weeks, and depending on the value that you've built in, um, you could easily keep them on the bench for a little bit, then decide what to do. You've, you've made a plan, so you should stick with it. But I've always said be, be flexible. So, for example, for me, those injured players, let's say I have Rashford and Laporte, they will always plan to go out. So I'll just bring it forward if I have to. Or I might decide to bring in the legend Yan B off the bench or, um, I don't know, yeah, Jamal will play another game um, and then hope that my, the rest of my bench plays. So um, don't, don't panic too much. Um, there's plenty of options out there, some that we haven't covered. For example, Madison or Barnes from Leicester. They've also uh, Vardy. Now the change of the change of manager at Leicester. Mm-hmm. Depending That's on who comes in, I was going to touch on yeah. Depending on who comes in, if it's Alan Dice, then maybe we're lucky that we got Pereira in already. And if it's been, if it's uh, Rogers, jump on Vardy right now. Uh, right, but I do think I do think I can see what I see a lot of movement on Vardy right now. People are moving Rashford to Vardy, and I can see why because this. I think Vardy had some issues with the manager. Now there's a and he as soon I think when Ranieri got sacked, he he scored uh, two consecutive games. So let's see. Maybe he'll he'll repeat that, and they do have some nice fixtures. Well, I think um, I think it's good what you're saying about Leicester actually, because I think out of all the teams, Leicester probably have the best run over the the next five or six. They do anyway, have a really I mean, good one. Yeah, you know, and it's it's the sort of thing there. You know, for from my perspective, if I'm looking at their defence, Chelwell probably back, so he can tell Christians to fix off. Um, <laughs> and I would say, it, I, I don't I even like have to him. do a pistol shot on that one. That's no, beautiful. no, this is all good. Um, I, you know, I think I think he's good. But I mean, you mentioned something else there, Mars. I thought was interesting. You know, if you're waiting for tomorrow for some of the press conferences that haven't happened yet, and say, for example, you're waiting for Pep, I mean, one, do you give a shit what he says, and do you trust him? Because I, I don't, you know, and I'm I'm looking here, and there's rumours already that say, you know, Jesus is back in training, or if you watch the, the Man City TV today, um, you sort of saw Jesus coming out for training. Now, whether he's ready to play or not, nobody knows. But I am genuinely scared of Jesus starting this week for 28 and Aguero going back to the bench. Um, now, you would like to think that challenging on all fronts, City have to play their best team, but it, it, it's Man City. And here's, here's the big thing with Man City that I think could really affect 28 moving forward. If Fernandinho is out, and I'm sure, you know, yeah. you know, if Fernandinho is out, the last time he was out, this is when it fell apart for City. You know, yep. they lost back-to-back with Leicester when Huge. Fernandinho is out. So, it's not that Fernandinho is a FPL pick, but I think Fernandinho being out can affect everybody else's city FPL picks in, in general. Absolutely, including the defence, because he really does screen that defence. Especially so well. the defence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, He has a huge impact on their play. He does, he does, absolutely. And I, I completely agree. Ryan, you, you touched on something, actually. Um, first, Pep. Do I trust what he says with regards to play? He never says he never says who's going to play. But actually, he's one of those managers that I trust when he says a player's out for long. He's always been truthful when it comes to Aguero's injury, Jesus. Um, oh, that sounds too posh, Jesus. And um, Mendy, especially Mendy. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when it, Jesus. When it, when, you know, I actually do trust. The one that I don't trust is Ole. 
Because Ole was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Martial and Lingard are out for long and suddenly Lingard is in the squad. So something, yeah, something but he, 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 probably, he probably should have stuck to that. <laughs> he, should, yeah. he, he probably should he, he probably should have. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and the other thing... No, so, it's a... um, so what I was going to say is I've, I've heard uh, from... We, we know Karam, we had him on um, the Getting to Know You. He's a big City fan and he messaged me saying, um, you know... There's rumours that Jesus, uh, Jesus might be back, and or could he play the Sterling false nine? Uh, Aguero could potentially get a rest. But then you look at the stats, and he's played in every game that he's been available since January. Now, I have Aguero, and I was cap- going to captain him. And at the moment, I'm kind of considering, is it worth the risk? Do I just go with somebody like I know will definitely play, like Salah, for example? Potentially. But... Well, one thing, just to bring it back to the Leicester conversation, is... Um, that Vardy versus um, Higuain, and I can't really believe that I'm actually considering really Higuain. Um, I've Aubameyang, Jimenez, and uh, Rashford up front. So it's looking like I'm going to actually restructure my forward line quite a bit. But um, what say, Ryan, what's your thinking, say, comparatively between Higuain and um, and Vardy? Who would you be kind of wanting to back as, as a replacement for Rashford? And then even with the Aubameyang shout, I the, the the way Arsenal are, they're kind of they are obviously battling for a fourth spot, but I'm not really liking this if he starts rotating in and out Lacazette versus Aubameyang and doesn't play the two of them um, week in week out alongside each other. So um, what are you thinking on the on those big men up front? I think for the next say three weeks, I think. Vardy is probably the better shout. And I think having Puel out is probably going to free him up. I think he, he did. He cut a very sort of frustrated figure over the past couple of weeks, Vardy. And, you know, there was the incident there where he sort of dropped them and things he got there, started them on the bench. And it's just not... Leicester are not a good enough team to have Vardy starting on the bench. Um, and so as far as I'm concerned, every time I've seen Higuain since he came back in, and I'm I'm not really counting the brace against Huddersfield because it's Huddersfield, and it's you know it's a team that are destined to go down. So every time I've sort of seen Higuain, he looks just a bit off the pace. So I mean, for example, last week I think there was a ball played over the top, and he he sort of went to you know try to bring it down, take a touch, and then finish. And I just get the feeling that if this was a month down the line, instead of trying to bring that down and take a touch, it'd smash it. And you know whether it goes into the back of the net or over the top of the stanchion. At least he'd have that confidence to, you know, to really sort of put his foot through it, and that's what I'm looking for from Higuain, and that's what I'm not seeing from Higuain at the minute. So I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, from FPL perspective, Chelsea can use yesterday's performance, and it was a good performance. You know, even coming into extra time in the cup final there, you know, Chelsea had their chances. So I was encouraged to see that there because this is this is coming off the back of, you know, a six nil defeat to the same team what two three weeks ago. This is the same team that, you know, beats Huddersfield 5-0 and then gets beat by Bournemouth 4-0. You know, this is a team that really isn't set up, in my opinion, for... It's going to be one of these things where because Chelsea have this double in 32, you're going to have to hold on to, say, you know, your hazards and things like that there. And when it gets to this stage, Don, where it's, you know, double season... I think, I, I mean, I would rather have Higuain in 32 with two games against Cardiff and Brighton than Vardy against Bournemouth, but we're not there yet. So if it's a case of straight choice over the next, say, two, three game weeks, I'm still sticking with Vardy. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I think right now Vardy, you can see the appeal. He historically does perform well um, in these sorts of situations when he's freed up, probably has a bit of a point to prove and has the fixtures. But I think we're probably all in the same situation where we really hope that Higuain can start to look like an attractive option because it would just be so much easier for all of us to be able to go, right, I'm popping these Chelsea guys in my team and that's going to give me a really nice transition through this period. But how much of it is hope and how much is uh, actual reality? I certainly wouldn't be jumping on early. Yeah, no, great stuff. Thanks, Kylie. Um, folks, let's move on to the Bonk Marrier stock section of the show. So, um, of course, in this segment, we look at the top performers from the previous game week, who we will, we, there'll be obviously thousands of new owners coming in this week, but are they Bonk Marrier stock candidates for our amigos? So, Ryan, you're first up. Normally, we obviously go by position. So, um, Alison is the, the nominal player that, uh, that basically I want to talk on because obviously he was, he had the big haul in goal, but, um, also, I want you to speak maybe on the best goalkeeping combo you like for the for the remainder of the season, especially those uh, blank double game week gauntlet. Um, so give us give us your give us your predictions and your tips for those uh, at the goalkeeping position. Um, well, I mean, we touched on Leicester, so I think Leicester have a a great sort of run of fixtures. So I can I could make my piece quite easily with. Schmeichel. Um, but I mean, the, realistically, the, the player that I have in that is, is Fabianski at the minute. Um, so Fabianski is up against City here in 28, which is, is frightening because we have no idea what um, what sort of City team are going to come out on that one. Um, and then it gets a bit easier with Newcastle and Cardiff. If I'm thinking about the doubles, I think where I'm going to go with this is having... One keeper that has the two doubles. So, I mean, it, it could well change. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Wolves' defence, bar Doherty. Um, but Wolves are looking likely, you know, and Kylie will correct me if I'm wrong here, but, you know, Wolves should have the double in 32 and 34. So, Rio Patricio... 35. 35. So, it could very well be that Rio Patricio comes in as the second keeper to, to play the doubles. Um, I haven't I've, I literally haven't made any decision on that yet. I've still got wild card, I've still got all three chips. Um, and it just felt painful to try to piece that together last week in terms of um, strategy. Um, the other one I probably what about, like hmm? what about Naughty Boy Kepa? If Kepa has a if play thirty one, a double thirty two and a and a thirty three he plays, if he keeps his place, would you consider him? I would consider him, but I mean, if, if I look at my own team, you know, it, it's been a combination probably of two starting keepers. So I would say over the last month, it's been a rotation of Fabianski and uh, Foster. So the thought or the prospect of having Kepa in is, is brilliant, but it's just the reality of trying to move from, say, a 4.5 keeper to whatever price Kepa's at now. Um, and that's realistically going to be the hindrance there. So I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, typically with FPL, you tend to have either one strategy where you have one, you know, prominent goalkeeper at the head, Kepa and Allison, um, and then somebody who either doesn't play or, you know, somebody that you're just happy to, you know, play every week and not worry about your goalkeeper. 
And then for me, the more sort of fun aspect of it is having two playing keepers at a lower price um, and then swearing at them every week whenever you pick the wrong one. Um, you know, there's there's a greater entertainment aspect for me of having the two rotating keepers that I can I can sort of pick between every week. Um, <laughs> Entertaining. Uh- it is, because yeah, well, I mean, what's the point of playing this? You know, I, mean, I, I enjoy. I mean, I do enjoy that because, you know, if you think about it, it's you know, why, why do we play this? Why do we play this in the first place? It's the buzz. You know, I love having say, you know, Foster on the on this team and he scored ten the other the other week and Fabianski on the bench, and you know, you're never going to get these fifty fifty calls right. You know, and it's, yeah. you know, it's never going to be the case where you pick this. I mean, we could we could all go through our our team and say, you know. Where would we have been if you know we picked the right keeper every week, or where would we have been if we captained the right player on our squad every week? Um, and that's just what makes it interesting. I tell you what's really affecting my, you know, sort of approach to this game is the fact that this season, coming into the back ten, I'm actually doing okay. So as I said, sitting around about the 40k at the minute, and you know we'll try to make as big a push, but. You know, if you'd asked me at the start of the season would I take a top 60k finish, yeah, I probably would have because that's the top one percent. I think that's everybody can sort of hold their head up high and say, you know, finish in the top one percent. But it changes your mindset. So, you know, if you're having a terrible season, like say Dawn last year, I think for you, mm. it was terrible. And mine wasn't much better. Um, you know, it gets to the point where you can make these decisions easier, or you know, say this goal goalkeeper dilemma over the next say four or five game weeks you can you can pretty much make that decision without giving it too much thought the problem when you're doing well is that you actually spend more time doing it um to the point where it becomes less enjoyable when you're closer to the top because it adds more stress yeah no i did 100 when you are when the decision you think is actually making a difference or could potentially make a difference it's a it's a lot harder to make those decisions but um, i have to say the goalkeeping one is one that i ne- i never enjoy the rotation keeper thing drives me bananas because it's you're not you're not even fighting over you know who do I think will have the better chance against that that um, the opposing fullback or you know will have better chance of a clean sheet. It's just fucking save points or the, just the amount of stuff with goalkeepers to predict who's going to do well. Um, it drives me bananas. So um, that's one pleasure I'll leave to you, right? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, uh, I mean, if I had to put an answer on that, then so as I said, my rotating pair are Fabianski and Foster. Uh, Fabianski is also obviously away to Man City this week, and Foster is away to Liverpool. So it doesn't really matter which one I pick this week because I'm screwed either way. Mm. Um, yeah. I think where I'm probably going to go. I'm probably going to go with Fabianski and the major reason for that is exactly what we were talking about earlier on with the Fernandinho being out um, I still expect City to win but I think it might be the difference there between you know a City 5 no win or a, you know, a more scrappy affair um, moving forward then I will bring in a, a double keeper and yeah Mars kept his great shot one if he hasn't been you know if he's <laughs> If he hasn't been given lines or you know put to the back of the class, oh, I would um, love it if he has because then uh, we get about four point seven or something stupid like that, mm. like really cheap for a for a top what what a Chelsea now sixth seventh whatever you know what I mean. So that that's probably what I will do. But there there has to be somebody. You have to bring somebody in. I think that's going to have those rotations. I mean, I think it's it's 
it's it's it's bordering on fantasy in itself to think that when it comes to these doubles, you're going to have 15 players with um, with doubles for all of them. It's just not realistic. You can maybe do that for, for one of the doubles, and then that's on the premise that everybody that you pick actually makes it through and makes it through onto the do start. You, do, you, do you see, I was thinking about this, and last year, Salah was on fire, right? So hmm. and, and even King, I think maybe last year or the year before, where you couldn't drop them for a double game week. Would you say Salah this year is on fire that you would actually risk you would not pick you would pick him over a player that's playing double considering his price I'm thinking of selling him well I'm thinking uh, for, for me right now if I'm picking so I'm planning on free hitting with uh, 32 and we play Spurs at home so for me I think well is this going to be a high scoring game both teams are going to be quite you know um they don't want to lose that game, right? So for me, thinking 13 million, that's, that's a lot of money that I can spread around my team and get a, a good free hit team. And then he'll be back for 33. And then I can see what to do because I think 35 or 36, we play Huddersfield, which, you know, you know what I'm going to say, Carly, right? I'll let you say it. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to Huddersfield, but yeah. they're crap. But, but my point um, is, I, there is not one player this year that I think in the single game weeks that I would say we can't drop. Yeah. I think if it was for a free hit, I would, I could get behind dropping Salah. Um, if it wasn't for the free hit, then no. I think our preview writer, Niall Hawthorne, made a good sort of point earlier on. He was saying that, I mean, he, he's obviously tipped Salah to do well in 28, but he's he's saying there's a couple of reasons behind that selection. So, in his opinion, Liverpool play better when the games are sort of thick and fast, which they will come now. His issue was that, you know, and this 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 is just the stats. You know, Salah's got one goal in his last five starts, and that is, for his standards, based on when he's came into the Premier League, unusual. So, I'm expecting a change. I think he he scored four actually against Watford, um, in the same fixture last year, um, and also scored away against them earlier this year. So he he does seem to he likes playing <laughs> against Watford. For me, I'd be quite happy just sticking the captain's armband on Salah in 28 and not having to think about, you know, Lacazette, Aubameyang, Aguero. Nobody's even mentioned the fact that Kane returned um, at the weekend um, and is going to have to, you know, put a shift in here over the next 10 games. So I, I, I can get on board dropping Salah for a free hit. But other than that, I'd, just, I'd be scared going into the game week. Do you know what I mean? I'd be, I'd be worried. I'd be going into that game week, and it's so the you know the age old thing where you know you're sitting behind the sofa watching the match because although he only has one in the last five, there's every chance Salah could bang in any game in the Premier League. Yeah, I I think that there is just cause not now, obviously, but for me, I am planning to free hit in 33 as part of a crazy aggressive strategy I have going on at the moment. Um, but I am considering um, selling seller for 32 um, and then bringing him back on my free hit briefly for 33 and then wildcarding in 34. Um, I don't, I mean, I might lose like 0.1 or 0.2 uh, value on him, but I'm I'm quite fortunate. I have a very high team value, uh, so I, I think I could suck it up. And I think the benefits are there to be had 
in that one game week. And if I free hit in 33, I can kind of get around it. Um, but I think in, in terms of the larger question about whether you would be getting rid of Salah in any sort of a permanent capacity, given the fixtures, it would be very risky, even with the questionable form that he's had. I, I don't think he's going to run through the rest of the season scoring so few goals. Yeah. Well, well uh, listen, it's not the, every week he's going to have to play against Luke Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way the Sky Sports guys were talking about him, I thought it was the return of Roberto Carlos. <laughs> but uh, the... Yeah, but uh, let's let's move on quickly, folks. I don't know how um, this is. A, that's a typical Ryan answer because somehow we started talking about Allison and we ended up talking about Salah. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is this is what happens when you get your ma on the show, huh? What were we talking about Allison for? <laughs> uh, uh, Kylie, Kylie, actually not joking. Can't remember what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> Goalkeepers. But, Kylie, you um, we we spoke earlier actually about Arsenal, but um, Kolasinac was the goalkeeper that I was, uh, or the goalkeeper, the defender that I was going to speak about. Um, Arsenal's fixtures outside of Spurs and United in twenty nine thirty are bang tidy. So is Kola a player you're looking at, despite as you said there that they're not looking quite so good um, in terms of an enabling team for um, lining up for those uh, for the blanks and the doubles. Not at all. He was someone I was considering um, because of the fact that he seemed to fit my my strategy uh, of a week ago really nicely because of that transition from a double in 32 to playing in 33. Now he basically serves no purpose to me because he doesn't – he's not going to have that double. That double is now in 35, which means he now has – two very suspect-looking fixtures after the next one, which is Bournemouth. Um, so he's got Bournemouth, then he's got Tottenham, then he's got United, then he blanks in 31. He does have Newcastle in 32, but it's a single, and then he has a single fixture in 33. So of all of the options, depending on what your strategy is, he doesn't really fit into any of them. So he doesn't tick the box of really nice fixtures in the run-up to this very complicated period that we have between 31 and 33. He doesn't play all of the fixtures because he's missing 31. And he doesn't have a double in 32. So, um, you know, for that reason, I just think that there are other options that I would be looking at because I would need someone that I bring in to tick one of these boxes for me. We have a lot of different criteria that we need to meet over these coming weeks. And, you know, we mentioned David Luiz earlier. You know, if he does have a double game week in 32, then he slots in really nicely in there. We get 31, double 32, and 33. Uh, and even though they've been a bit crap of late, you know, they did play much better yesterday and they do have good fixtures after this next one so I think looking at one of them or, or perhaps you know a Newcastle defender these guys can do a job for you I think Kolasinac at the best of times can be a bit stressful because of his complete inability to keep a clean sheet despite yeah, uh, yesterday I, I know because his team his team <coughs> defensively pants yeah what's yeah. What's the bank tidy fixtures that are outside Spurs and United? I'm trying to look. I'm guessing it's I Bournemouth. Bournemouth at home, 
And yeah. to be honest, Bournemouth are quite an attacking team. And yeah, they they're, pa- they're, they're pants defensively, Mars. They are, but you're I'm, talking about a def- but you're talking about a defender. I mean, I, no, I I was just trying to see. Yeah, but Kalasnach, I'm having because uh, in form he's been he's been good on assists recently. He's been kind of showing up a little bit on the assists, and it's it's more yeah. as an attacking alternative. Oh, with, we're not getting absolutely. much. We're, we're not getting much attacking returns from our defenders of of late, and um, and I know that Arsenal have been kind of gathering a little bit of attention. Um, you know that yeah. p- people are looking at them. They're even starting to look at Mkhitaryan again. You know, uh, I think it's just, who, who's oh, looking at Mkhitaryan? Jesus, oh, it's we'll, just we'll, we'll, we'll see a scout well. article next week about it. Yeah, I mean, I think with with um, um, Kalasnic, if you don't already have him, now is not the time to buy him. Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth, Bournemouth aside, um, you know, you get that blanket thirty-one as well. I would say that. You know, if you're building that team for say 32 or for the you know the later game weeks, the run from 32 to 38, I mean, it's, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. Now that doesn't mean to say they won't Arsenal up, but it would is pretty impressive. Would you even say that it's? Would you even say Ryan that it's bang tidy because that is clearly what the producer of this show was meaning when that was the way I phrased the question. No, I, I wouldn't because no. it, it would it would contradict it would contradict the the bang average podcast by saying bang tidy continuously. <laughs> I think if you're uh, looking at him for you know he has a double in thirty five, uh, so you know I think it absolutely makes sense to be looking at at players like him, if for particularly for those people who would be wildcarding in thirty four. Mm. No, because the fixture is not—he's not right now. Then. Yeah, it's very awkward the, the way the fixtures are falling for Arsenal now. Mm. Uh, Marzi, uh, move on to the Watford assets, and um, the—I uh, was wanting to look basically at Delafeu because, of course, he's out of position, had a massive game week twenty-seven, and a lot of people are bringing him in. But um, looking at that fixture list, I'm not liking um, having too much of Watford in my team. Um, yeah. What's your thinking? Are they are they worthy of consideration? Yeah, big shout, big shout to people like uh, John Grisser and uh, editor, at least two people that, and actually Ken Rooney. And Ken Rooney, had, yeah, who so also born. had Bell, but he benched him and got lucky with Trent not playing. But you know, happy for these guys. You know, 23, gosh, 23 points from one player. That's no, uh, you're not happy for them. You're better as fuck. <laughs> I am bitter, but I'm happy at the same time. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, you know who I felt, I, felt, I felt really sorry for General because he put a tweet up saying, this is a conversation I had with one of my patrons. And basically oh, yeah. he was asking him about Del, yeah. Del Feo and he goes, no, nah, don't like him, he doesn't score enough. <laughs> <laughs> but this is well, like, remember, Mars, when you told people not to go near David Brooks early in the season? You were like, yes, nah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a bit useless. And, and, and then he just this... didn't stop scoring. But I was and like, I right, where's, where's like David Brooks now? Yeah. Oh, wait, he's injured. And, and then Dinier, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Dinier's Dinier, the other yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, but look, again, in the long term, I'm right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's anyway. brought nothing but heartache. Highs, uh, sure, but plenty of lows. Yeah, Troy the boy, Dinier um, goes as well. Yeah, stay away, yeah. Yeah, Troy, Troy the boy, Dinier, yeah, my man. Uh, look, I think if you are going to get Dell now, is chasing points that might have already gone. Now, I don't want to jinx it because they are playing Liverpool next, but if you look at their fixtures, you mentioned it, Don. They've got Liverpool away, Leicester at home, City away, then they blank, then I think it's United as part of a double, and then potentially Fulham. 
I mean, really? Um, those fixtures, apart from Leicester at home, it's not something that I would be... I would see him being benched in in a couple unless you don't have any of your bench players, unless you have a, a weak bench or, or a weak, weak 11. So mm. I don't think, for me, what, the fact that they, they blank in 31 and there's other potential uh, other players out there. Look, Watford are playing well. They are. But I think definitely you'll be chasing points if you go after them now. And as for the forwards, I think there's a lot better in the value around Dini uh, to look for. You just nice don't one, like Marzi. Good stuff. Yeah, he just doesn't like him. No matter what, even if Dini scored three consecutive hat-tricks, Mars would be, don't go near. No, I don't like him. <laughs> and I agree. Uh, Kylie, um, same question really for you regarding Crystal Palace and in particular um, Milo and Zaha. So um, they look good, um, racked up decent points in the blank game week. But um, what's your thinking on those two in particular and Crystal Palace in general? Yeah, again, I'm not really considering people from Palace and it's kind of somewhat similar situation to Arsenal, but um, in many ways worse because there's we really just don't know what's going to happen with them. There's a lot of question marks. They're in this pool of teams at the moment where they um, they are going to have a double. That's that's guaranteed indeed. They may have two if they progress past Watford in the next round of the FA Cup. But we don't know when these doubles or, you know, the one double is going to occur and we're not going to know until game week 31. So we don't know whether they'll have a double in 32, whether they'll play in 33, whether they'll have a double in 35. So given the fact that there are, Again, teams that play in the blanks who have a nice run-up between now and then, and then there's teams who have a double in 32 who have a nice run-up between now and then. I think that it doesn't really make sense to me to be looking at teams like Crystal Palace when we're really not sure how they'll fit into things. I think, you know, if we get to um, 31 and we find out whether they progress or they don't progress, and then that will give us some information. But um, for right now, I just think there's a lot of things that we all want to do with our teams, particularly now with, with more injuries coming in. And there's other kinds of targets that I would be looking at for the immediate future for points and also to prep me for blanks and doubles. So, yeah, just, just to build up on that, I, I completely agree. So when, I, when Biscuit was injured... I looked at, I, I could have benched him uh, and and played someone else, but I looked at when would I play him between now and when he blanks. And they play in United at home, Burnley away, Brighton at home, and then a blank. The only fixture that really uh, entices me there is Brighton at home. But however, with Palace, you have to flip it. They are absolutely amazing away from home, and they seem to struggle at home. It's not like they've been you know, collecting clean sheets all over the place. And as much as we love Biscuit because he's cheap, it's not that he's been getting assists like other uh, defenders. So I decided to sell at the time. Now, if they don't blank in 33, they've got Huddersfield at home and Kylie. No disrespect to Huddersfield. No disrespect, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's, I think, I think, uh, as Kylie mentioned, we'll know later if they blank or not. And that's when we go for them. 
to be honest, if you look at Palace and you look at the price of their players, you might if you are going short term um, because they blank, you might as well look at somebody like Wolves. All their defenders are the same price, their attackers are the same price, and they are much better. And even their midfielders, okay, Milo is is on form, he's scoring penalties, but so is Moutinho. So uh, Moutinho's on form. Uh, don't don't don't. Don Kanka, whatever his name is, is cheaper. My, my point is, Wolves are playing better uh, and potentially less frustrating. Now, yes, I was not surprised at all that Palace beat Leicester 4-1. If you remember, I think also last season they went there 1-3-0 when everybody had Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Vardy and, and these guys. Uh, sorry, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Zaha. They really play better away from home. And if you look at their way fixture, um, it's Burnley. And Burnley are on, are on form, so you, you don't know what's going to happen. So, now, for me, it's, it's one that I would avoid for now. Great stuff, Merzipan. Um, let's move on to our listener questions. And we got a load in this week, so we're going to get through them as quick as we can. Um, John G, Grifters United, top of the table in February, wiping the floor with Mars. Um, Mars, I give this one to you because I know John likes when you answer his question every week. So um, his one is basically to do with, I guess by time we record, it might be clearer, but the battle for fourth spot looks like it'll go to the wire. Arsenal versus Chelsea, are they worth considering more than um, than we might think they are this season? If you're trying to gain overall rank, are they better than relegation strappers? So we do have this kind of, um, we do this conversation about which teams to target each each year this time of the season. Um, but what's your thinking, Mars? Um, go more with, I guess, the budget um, the budget ones, I guess it's to do with price, really. Yeah, so, yes, I think the battle for fourth will go all the way. Um, Arsenal, United and Chelsea. So, a lot of us already have United uh, players. We've just talked about the fixtures for Arsenal. I think, if you, look, if you have Umarang right now, you would not sell. He's guaranteed to start tomorrow, as long as he's fit. Or oh, Wednesday, sorry. I keep saying tomorrow because I know some games are tomorrow. Um, but later on, is, is it going to be, you know, the hokey-cokey between him and Laka? And Emery already said the reason he's selling, he's resting him is because of his involvement in Europa. Um, Chelsea, for me, right now, I want to watch. Potentially now with the Laporte injury, their defence might, might be a bit of interest. But there's just so much uproar in that team. I uh, honestly don't know if I'm if I'm going to go there. Now, having said that, I, I am considering Luis just for Laporte for now. Um but his question was also, is it better than relegation for the Well, I think <clears throat> it depends who you pick from the relegation teams. So, no, you don't pick anybody from Huddersfield. They are not blanking and I sold, and I sold one of the players that I have and the other would be sold. Fulham, I wouldn't go anywhere near them unless I want to go Mitrovic and that's highly unlikely. Southampton, again, not interest for me now. Their fixtures are, Redmond had the, a nice patch, but I think no. Uh, same for Cardiff. Now then you've got Brighton, Newcastle and Burnley. Let, if, if you look at those three, I think Newcastle and Burnley are on fire at the moment. And I think they have good fixtures. They don't blank. Um, and they're players you can bench. So you don't feel guilty about putting them on the bench. You've got Lascelles, you've got um, Rondon, you've got Almiron, who sounded like he re- had a really good game. They've got a, a nice home fixture, funnily enough, against Burnley. If you look at Burnley, Kylie already touched on their defenders and the keeper. You've seen Barnes, he's on fire. Um, and then um, Brighton, yeah, for now, avoid until the double game. We see w- what's happening. But my point is, if you pick the right players from the relegation teams, the big players 
in a smaller team or a team that's struggling, not so many stars, they can deliver because I think they've got the right fixtures. Whereas, and you know they're guaranteed starters because they can't afford to rest their big players. Whereas if you look, if you, if you go in Arsenal, United have got so many injuries right now, so you don't even know what, how they're going to play. Um, but with, and maybe wait until the doubles. But between Arsenal and Chelsea, Arsenal, not so many nice fixtures, plus rotation. Chelsea, uproar at the club. So for me, I think it really depends on the players that you pick. You don't go to Newcastle and pick, uh, I don't know, somebody picked Hayden and he got an assist, but like Longstaff, for example. Yeah, he's a good player, but he's not an FPL player. Uh, you don't go to, to Burnley and, and pick Cork. Now watch him score this week and this week or something. But you pick their best players and then they should deliver. FBL Thunder Jeff Kylie was um, asking. He was he's at Ola and he's using the weekend away tactic I mentioned in last week's pod, where you basically just punt one of the blank game weeks and and basically suck it up that week and then maximise your points on the other weeks. And he was planning on doing three transfers for game week 28, taking a minus eight hit to maximise points between those game weeks 28 to 30. His plan was Almiron, Sterling and Aguero in. Um, do you have any alternative suggestions for Jeff in game weeks 28 to 30, Kylie? Yeah, I mean, uh, initially, if you asked me a few days ago, I would have thought that Aguero, Sterling sort of justified inclusion and even for a hit. Indeed, I was looking at at certainly getting Aguero in for a hit. Um, we've already sort of talked about some of the concerns around City with, uh, those two players in particular playing 120 minutes and also the likely absence of Fernandinho and, and what that impact could be on the team. So I, at the risk of going without City, I would be nervous about taking a hit, particularly a substantial hit, to bring them in this week. Um, I really like the idea of Almiron. He's someone I'm looking at, particularly for those who don't have plans to get Rondon in, who is the obvious alternative um, for a Newcastle attacking player. Um, there are a few interesting strikers at the moment um, with with Barnes and the like coming good. So I think Almiron as a, a fairly cheap Uber differential in the midfield could be really interesting. They do have nice fixtures, as we've said. I also like the idea of a bit of a punt on Vardy. It's somewhat speculative because we haven't seen a lot this season to suggest that he would be an excellent choice. But I just think that with the fact the pill's gone, you know, we could see we could see a response. He has been somewhat shackled with these bench appearances, and uh, I think he'll have a point to prove. So he is someone that I would certainly be considering. And given the fact that they play in 31, uh, well, they both definitely play in 31. Almiron, we're not sure yet whether he'll play in 33, but uh, it gives you a bit of coverage uh, for that period as well. So I'd maybe be a little more conservative and avoid going all out with an eight-point hit. Um, but I would look at the likes of Almiron and, and Vardy. And I also agree. I think that Aubameyang will, will play this week and do really well at home to Bournemouth. Good stuff. Thanks, Milkali. Um, the next question we have, uh, actually FBL DJ Dom J was asking a similar question to do with Sterling in for two or three game weeks, even if it means taking a hit in order to replace him with the blank game week player. 
But um, I think you probably, Dom, probably got your answer there. Ryan, I'll come to you on this one. Uh, Jonathan Strack was mentioning he has all chips still available. Um, when is the first or the best week to play triple captain if the plan is to free hit and wildcard game week 32 and then 34 bench boost in game week 35? So outside of 32, 34 and 35, um, when would you be looking to play that triple captain chip? No idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, realistically, <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, you're always going to have that one game of the season where somebody on a single game we can, you know, outscore it. Um, but it's predicting it is ridiculous. So my own strategy will be wild carding um, before the double. Um, use a free hit probably on the blank, the second blank, and then use the triple captain on the last double game week. So it's a Kelly 35. Um yeah. That we have at the minute, so that's when I'd be using the, the triple captain. But uh, um, I said it's it's just purely subjective. So apologies, I can't give a definitive answer on when to use your triple captain. Um, primarily based on the fact I have no idea who's in your team. It is that's that's a really hard question to answer because I think every one of us there's there's four of us chatting tonight, and we've all got a slightly different strategy. Uh, even if we have somewhat similar teams. It's really challenging. I mean, I'm looking at triple captain in 32, uh, but there's plenty who will be eyeing up single game weeks. Uh, I think at this point, it, we don't even know for certain that the strategies we think we'll employ for ourselves will indeed be what we go ahead and do. It's, I mean, apologies, because it does sound like a cop. I, I think realistically what's going to end up happening for me, because if you look at the FPL community over the last two weeks, it's gone sort of, you know, chips, blanks, bonkers over the last two weeks. And with good reason, because we are coming into silly season and things like that there. But for me, until the next round of the FA Cup is done, until Ben Crellin finishes his spreadsheet, I'm probably not going to make any harsh decisions on what way to structure this in terms of strategy. So as much as I've looked ahead and as much as I'm sort of thinking to myself, right, okay, I can do this this week, I can do this this week, I'm I'm going to hold off. And I think what we have at the minute is an opportunity through game week 28 through 30 where there's a sense of normality almost to the point where we can have a couple of normal game weeks. We can see how things pan out. We can hopefully get these blanks and doubles and everything confirmed and make a decision based on facts rather than potential. Um, so again, apologies if it's a cop out, but realistically, I'm, 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 I'm actually trying to avoid thinking about the doubles at the minute because I, I actually don't know the full ramifications of what's going to happen. Nice one. No problem. It's not a, not a cop-out at all, Ryan. Um, Marty, come to you on this one. Paul, Sky Player in FBL was, um, actually, we kind of have answered this, but it's uh, it's it's with all the panic over injuries and Pep rotation in Game Week 28, is now the time just to sit back, wait for more info and let our ben- benches do its thing. Um, and he did praise myself and Kylie for our captain picks in Game Week 27, so thanks for that one. Um, yes, it's the time to sit back, wait till the last minute. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, se- ha- having said that, the thing is, obviously, if you've got... Um, like, I was thinking of selling Son. Uh, but now with Rashford and Laporte injured, that's two of my bench will be players. So would I sell Son? I probably want. I'll probably sell somebody else. So just wait and see. See what happens and try and get as much information as possible. We've got plenty of time before the deadline. Um, yeah, so just wait and see. 
plenty of time before the deadline, the man says, on a Monday night when the deadline is on Tuesday evening. Keeping it calm. <laughs> yeah, keeping it calm. Defecting the swan. Master. He's a master in the casino. <laughs> the swan. It's cool. Zen mode <laughs> engaged. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, the Andre L. then was talking about Kylie. Um, patience, especially with injuries, is, injuries is a key part of this season. So I'd like to get our thoughts on how to deal with Rashford and Biscuit injuries as we head towards game week 20 or 31, 32 and 33. He's all chips intact. Um, I guess we've kind of covered that one off, have we, with the terms with Rashford and Biscuit. It, it depends if you do have other fires to put out. He's, um, as, as Mars is saying with Son, you might have wanted to, um, to move him out, but you might, depending on what Ole does say in his news conference. Um, we're probably, I guess, unlikely to see Rashford or Biscuit in game of 28 would be my guess. Um, and, and then you have to basically make your decision on, on whether you want to stick around with them for them, for the blanks or what you want to do with that one. But, um, what do you think, Kylie? Am I pretty much summing it up there? Yeah. I think, um, a huge majority of people are, are in that exact boat. I mean, lots of us had Juan Bissaka and Rashford's one of the highest owned players in the game. So we're all waiting until we get news. I wouldn't anticipate news that would suggest that either of them are available midweek. And indeed, given how close together the fixtures are, they could both be missing for the weekend as well. So it really does depend on whether you've a number of other injuries, um, whether you have any kind of bench that can support uh, holding them and, and having someone else come in. Uh, I think a degree of the kind of keep calm thing applies here. Lots of people have value tied up in these plays. Um, Rashford in particular, as he is someone that you are likely to want during doubles, I think one Bissaka is slightly different, and this would go to Mars's point earlier, maybe have a look at, at the fixtures and see whether there is a, a time when you'll actually want to play him because he might be one worth selling if the prognosis isn't good tomorrow. Um, thanks, Mill, folks, uh, for all the listener questions. We've um, That's all we've kind of got time for tonight. Um, lads, let's move on to our captain picks for um, for both Game Week 28 and Game Week 29. And Ryan, come to you as our guest. So um, when you give us your bold one, that's your um, your brave, ballsy captain pick, and also your boring, bold or Barlow captain pick for um, for both game weeks, both uh, 28 and 29. Uh, boring pick is Salah. So home fixture to Watford. Um, ballsy pick. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go Kalasnich as the, the ballsy pick. Um, home to Bournemouth, potential for an assist. Nothing. I have no one, I have no one else really I would... Cause, well, because from my perspective, it's going to be Salah. Anyway, it's it's going to be Salah. Um, game week 29, we're looking at Liverpool are away to Everton in game week 29. So it probably goes back to United. And I think the safe choice for me in 29 is potentially... Pogba at home to Southampton, who you know really look like they're drifting on away at the minute. Yeah, it's the Salah one this week looks definitely like the nailed on pick. Um, and next week, uh, of course, Divock Rigi would be the one to go for against Everton, as as all Liverpool <laughs> fans will know. 
<laughs> but uh, Mars, come to you next. Um, give me your Baldwin and your Barlow captain picks. So all week it's been on Aguero, but um, having played 120 and 120 in the Cabrera Cup and 19 in the Champions League, um, I don't know if it's just worth the risk. Seeing videos of Jesus being back as well, um, you know, could he just start with him? And I mean, it, it, the thing about Bournemouth is they really play into the into the big teams, uh, unless you're Chelsea big team's hand because they want to come and attack you and that will just work for, for City just like it did for Liverpool. So I'm probably going to go with uh, Salah uh, as the boring and Jimenez as the ballsy away at Huddersfield. don't know how ballsy that is because it is Huddersfield. And Kylie? Um, <laughs> no disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think and, there's uh, a lot of disrespect. <laughs> You're just picking up on that now, are you, right? <laughs> His favourite catchphrase. So, um, Kylie, come to you on um, on yeah. your picks. So, um, are you gonna are you gonna make it a clean sweep? Yeah. So boring is Salah, obviously. Um, my actual uh, Baldwin, I suppose, would be Jimenez. Although, if I was being really crazy, I could say Digne against Cardiff because maybe it'll be a seventeen pointer to uh, balance out the rest. But, you know, I'm not that much of a psycho. So I would not for anything do that, although he's still lurking in my team somehow. I just haven't got around to dealing with him. Um, He's been sitting firmly in the naughty corner. No, I would say that um, looking looking at my team, it's not really so much of a uh, a risky pick given that it's Huddersfield. Uh, but, yeah, I'd, I'd say him or Dahi. But I'm likely to captain Salah, realistically. What about you, Don? Yeah, realistic. I don't know, 100%. It's on, it's on Salah, too. Um, Jimenez, um, he, I'll never be afraid of going near Jimenez again for a captain pick because um, mm. I think he has been unbelievably consistent this season. So um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from him. But, no, it has to be on Salah. Has to be on Salah this week. Aubameyang does make me give me pause, but I know that after the deadline passes, I'll feel a lot happier if it's thing that it's on Salah. I have to say, if I had Boomerang, he would be my captain. I not think played. so too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It just, not it just, I know, I know that I don't, I don't trust as much as Liverpool aren't in form, and Salah, as, as Ryan mentioned, hasn't hasn't scored yeah. in five. It's um, I can see Salah scoring um, a brace oh, two three. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I made a mistake. I said Bournemouth. I, Bournemouth are playing Arsenal, which even makes it more likely. West Ham as well. Just well, West Ham will also probably play in City's hands. But you know what I mean. I think if I had Boomerang, he would be my captain. Just just for those who, if they look, if they have Boomerang in their team and they're looking at an obvious captain, I think he's. To be honest, having only played 15 minutes or whatever, 17, um, he's definitely a big option. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, he is definitely, and I, it will be one I'll waver on. But um, but I've had it on Salah, and I'm likely to leave it there. This is one of those weeks where, because of the short term in, in fixtures and all the injuries that we've seen in the games over the weekend, I think managers are going to be even extra cautious. So you have to be careful and make sure that you pick a captain that you're 95% sure will start. Which is yeah, why I'm, which is why I'm moving away from Aguero, because I can't say I'm certain he will start. Yeah, no, definitely, and and I mean Salah, Salah is pretty much as nailed on as you're going to get. Liverpool well, unless Klopp wants to teach him a lesson, hey? 
<laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't think so. Klopp came out and yeah, said, yeah. he actually said he said it. Klopp said that, and you can see in his article in 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 the press conference, he said it's uh, you know you play against different teams, and we now have to make sure we get it right on how Salah plays against Watford, which makes me makes me more mm. confident. Hundred percent. Thanks, Mel. And thanks, Mel, folks. That's all we got time for on today's no, show. No, so done, done. One, one, quick last one. Just a fun one. I know we're rushing, but uh, Jeff always sends a fun question. So, if you didn't have any chips, what would you have with your cod, Carly? You don't well, have I'm vegetarian, so <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one doesn't work. Um, I, I don't know how to answer this question. I think I'd still just have chips with pepper sauce. I go back to my answer last week. <laughs> Ryan, what would you have with your cod if you couldn't have chips? Double cod. <laughs> Lovely. And Don? Ketchup. I would have mashed potato. Like, Surely I can have mashed potato if I can't have chips. Mm-hmm. No? <laughs> Are all potatoes yeah. not allowed? <laughs> you can have chickpeas or like courgette chips or something. Polenta yeah. chips. Kylie, yeah. know your audience. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and on that note, we, that is all we have time for on tonight's show. Uh, first, thanks a million, Ryan, for joining us once again. It's a pleasure as always. Bye, Irish Bill Tong. Yep. <laughs> you had to get an ad in there somewhere. Uh, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. Myself, who you can find at the Marble Curse, and of course our special guest Ryan, who you can find at Fantasy Yerma and on his Bang Average Pod. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening in. Have a browse through our back catalogue of Getting to Know You episodes, which we've added to recently, um, where you get to know FBL managers from all over the world. And um, we've added a couple more to that in the last in the last couple of weeks. So um, so do check them out. Please like, share, rate the podcast as it helps us spread our amigo message throughout the FBL world. Thanks as always for your support. Good luck in the coming game week. Adios amigos. Sorry, Don, we lost you again. Go!